Hey guys, and welcome to Road to Forex, where we discuss everything in relation to the foreign exchange. Of course, I am your host, Alex, so without further ado, let's get stuck into today's episode. I have been getting a ton of questions surrounding uh, when do you finish trading, when do you start trading, not just on my email, not just on my Discord, but my mentorees as well. When do you finish up, when do you start? So I want to go over the concept of seasonal trends in Forex. And please understand this because it's one of the first things that I actually learned. I may not put a big influence on it now, or a big emphasis on it now, because my trading has always been influenced by it. I've always understood seasonality in the Forex markets, and I've always adapted and known when I'm going to have my downshifts and my upshifts, when I'm going to pay more attention, when I can just relax that little bit, ease off the throttle. So it is very important that you understand it. As I said, one of the key things that I learned early on. Now, even though you might have seen a graph or someone's briefly explained it, trust me, you do want to get into a bit more detail on this. It does you know, really give you some great dividends at the end of the year. Because unlike traditional financial markets, Forex exhibits unique patterns influenced by various factors that include economic cycles, geopolitical events, and market participants' behavior. So I'll say that again. Economic cycles, geopolitical events, and market participants' behavior. Those three in itself, which are not all of them, are huge. So seasonal trends in this context refer to recurring patterns or tendencies that tend to manifest during specific months or seasons, right? Specific months or seasons. So let's get a little bit more into that so you can understand what you need to be doing at each point of the year. And on that note, understanding seasonal trends requires an exploration of underlying factors that influence currency movements during different months. Let's go into some of those key factors, right? One is definitely economic data releases. Certain months within a concentration of economic data or data, in fact, I don't even know how I say that anymore, data, we'll do that for the rest of it, such as employment reports, GDP figures, or central bank decisions. These events, as you know, can spark increased volatility and influence currency trends. You will also note that some months have more of this news than others. Some weeks within a month have more than others. So again, pay attention to news. I already know that you know this, but it's only one of the things that makes up a seasonal trend. Because we also have cyclical economic trends. Economic cycles, such as the fiscal year or specific industry cycles, right, can impact currency values. For example, increased consumer spending during holiday seasons, which we are in right now, may influence the currencies of countries with strong retail sectors. What does that mean for you? Well, if you are in a developed country or a first world country, I don't know what the name is for it anymore. Apologies if I've offended anyone. But if you're in one of these countries, the strong retail sector, is your currency going to go down or is it going to go up? More likely, it's going to see a little bit of a surge before maybe a drop-off, right? 
because people then go on holidays. A cyclical economic trend. Now, weather-related factors also impact it because climate weather patterns can influence commodity prices and subsequently the currencies of countries, heavily reliant on certain commodities. For instance, agricultural dependent economies may experience currency fluctuations based on harvest seasons. You might be saying, Alex, why the heck are you talking about harvests in a Forex podcast? What, do you, what is going on with you? Have you completely lost the plot? What happened when the Ukraine war started? Europe's bread basket. What happened to a lot of euro currencies, or the euro, or the Great British Pound, specifically, even the Swiss franc? They dipped. They dipped really strong. Does England have the greatest economic ties with Ukraine? I mean, I'm not an expert on it but maybe not as strong as what they have with France or Germany. I don't know. Let's just say they don't, for example, in this one. Then why would the breadbasket of whole of Europe have an effect on the UK's price? Because all of a sudden, bread is shooting up. Their harvest, it's more to import, blah, 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 blah. You've got shortages, harder recessions. You've got inflation. That sort of thing can all come from harvest seasons. So I knew when that war was starting and it came out, I was like, well, I just went into shorts on all of the Euro ones because guess what? Even though it's not a weather-related factor, harvest seasons do affect it. A war is a specifically large example, but if you know that there's a hurricane going towards the biggest banana plantation in America, maybe there's going to be some sort of factor that is going to affect it and can have a negative impact on the American dollar. That's just one thing. Very, very brief on that. Not so much in detail. There's probably a lot of nuances that I haven't spoken about there, but I just wanted to stress it because I have talked about this before and people have gone, oh, I don't really want to listen. I'll, I'll tap out. That's not true. Got to think about this stuff, right? It is there. Now, global events and holidays. Again, I'm saying this because of we're in December. Global events and holidays, especially those affecting major financial centers, can impact market, liquidity, and trading volumes. Because traders will often adjust their strategies during periods of reduced activity, which is what is coming up right now. We're getting a lot of buying coming through. The markets are going for it right now. There's a big pump, but it can start to fall off. Now, me specifically, I am going to be trading one specific, uh, I guess we can call it a commodity um, or an indice um, on a very low time frame. But my one hour charts are basically dead in the water already. I could probably finish up right now and not trade for the rest of the year. That's what I could do. But there are certain strategies out there that I can use to my benefit during this time. But you do have to take that into consideration. We had Thanksgiving not so long ago as well. That impacted the markets. So you do have to look at these. The more that you've got, the more like seasons, holiday seasons and global events that you've got packed together, the more likely it is to reduce trading volume and volatility. That's a correct, that's a correct statement there. So keep that in mind for what we're coming into right now. So... Let's look at seasonal trends across different months. Now, I'm going to break this down. Months, um, specific months that I'm going to talk about where I have seen large changes within the market. 
Let's start with January, right? The fresh start. January often sees increased volatility as traders return from the holiday season. Trends establish themselves in Januarys and can set the tone for the year or the years that will keep on preceding it. Not meaning that Jan 1 January 2022 set it for the rest of the years, but each January will affect each year, making it a critical month for strategic planning. Oh, I reduced my lot size by like 75% in January to see what happens, see what's going on. Have trends changed? Are we doing more counter trend trading? What are we hopping into? I don't really know. It is a great reset for every single strategy. And if you don't see it as that, you are missing out on something here. Then we have May which is seasonal weakness. Oh, May this year was atrocious. The absolute worst May on record for me. My word. Some Mays are not too bad, but this May was horrific. May has been associated with weakness in equity markets known as the sell in May phenomena. This sentiment can influence currencies with some traders adopting a cautious approach during this period. I am probably this year, and I'm not even joking, just going to take May off. That's how bad this May was for me. Oh, I hated it. It was awful. Awful time. You don't, it doesn't matter if it was a one hour, four hour, two hour, it didn't matter just got slammed. That might not be true for everyone because when I came out of May, I had an absolutely fantastic month. It was amazing. Made up for May, but if I just not had that, oh, it would have been huge. So really look at May. It can, it can slam a lot of people. I know traders already that just don't trade in May. It's December and May that they won't trade in. Yeah, but you didn't know that. Three, September which would be post-summer adjustments. Now, of course, this is looking at it from an American perspective. I've got a lot of American viewers. I've also got a lot of English viewers. So, sorry, Australians that are out there, don't think it's our summer. I'm talking about American, European, more on that scale, right? Because they are way closer together. So, September marks the end of the summer holiday season and traders often return with new perspectives. Currency movements during September can reflect adjustments made in response to summer development. So, you can see September be quite weird. You can get a lot of volatility. You can have new, uh, with these ideas coming to the markets, they can react slightly different to what they did in August, which is strange. But do be aware if your September is a bit shaky on its legs, it can be because of this um, movement from all these traders coming back. And then of course, what we've got right now is the December holiday dynamics. December is characterized by reduced trading volumes as markets participants wind down for the holidays. While this may lead to lower volatility, it can also result in unpredictable price movements. Hence, while a specific indice on a very small time frame, I still trade it because I can get a ton of movements from it. Again, there are other strategies that I have where I cannot do it, and it's just not worth it. So, that's up to you what you do there and what your strategy is. Now, we have strategies for trading these seasonal trends, right? Now that we've identified these seasonal tendencies, let's just explore strategies for trading across different months, keeping in mind that historical patterns do not guarantee future results, and risk management is crucial as ever. So, of course, you want to do your research analysis. If you conduct your 
thorough research and analysis of historical price movements during specific months, identify the patterns, correlations, and recurring themes that can inform your trading strategy. What does that mean? While you backtest, look at the months. Know the months that are better. Know the months that are worse. Compare that to the year beforehand. Have a look at it. That's pretty simple stuff. Of course, being aware of your economic calendar, you need to look at what's happened, what's coming up in the current months. Don't just look at that week and have that one snapshot. Look at the month. Every start of every month, I'm there and I'm looking at it going, okay, what I'm going to do. In the last week of that month, I basically already am looking at what's coming up ahead. Oh, this month's quite low on economic calendar releases. Uh, there's probably not going to be as much volatility in the markets. I'm probably going to be looking at staying into trades for as longer. Maybe I need to reduce my take profits because of that lowered volatility. Oh, wow. Crazy that. Oh, nuts. So please keep that in mind. You don't understand how many people forget that. Consider seasonal influences. Factor in seasonal influences when developing your trading plan. For example, if historical data indicates a pattern of currency strength during a specific month, consider aligning your trades with that trend. Now, that does not always happen, but you should base it on data. So go for it. But that's why I said doesn't always guarantee future results. Last June for me was really good. Yeah, I'm going into June this year and I'm hitting it hard regardless, regardless because I'm using data. I'm looking at my data. If it fails me, fails me. That's what happened. I've got risk management there for a reason, right? Now, what we can do is delve into a couple of case studies to illustrate how traders might approach seasonal trends. We'll go for US non-farm payrolls in January. So with January typically witnessing increased volatility, partly due to the release of the US non-farm payrolls or NFP report, Traders may adopt strategies that can capitalize on heightened market activity, such as breakout or trend trading strategies. However, the slowdown in August? August tends to experience reduced trading volumes as traders take the summer vacations. This can result in lower liquidity and increased choppiness, much like December. Traders might consider adjusting position sizes or adopting range-bound strategies during this period. Wow, crazy. Is that not a big hint there? Your golden nugget. You can thank me later. So all you need to do is when you are managing you know, risk during the seasonal trading, just think about your position size. Think of using stop loss orders. Think of diversification. Do not just trade one strategy. Trade multiple and stay informed. Look at your economic calendar, guys. I don't know how many times I have to say this. Look at that economic calendar. Now, I could say so much more about this, the strategies that I use within specific months, how I look at you know December fully, what I'm actually going to be doing, when I'm hopping on, when I'm hopping off. The Discord group already knows when I'm finishing up for the year. I'm not going to say it on here. You can join it to find that out. Um, and go through that kind of thing there. I can go so much more into it, but alas, this is a podcast. And that 10 to 15, 15 to 20 minutes, for example, is the sweet spot. So I had to get in much more detail. I'm going to be talking for ages. Now, super cool news. Um, I basically got one spot left for the year for mentorships. That's it. That's all I've got. Um, 
Obviously, I had quite a few people try and take advantage of that massive discount that I did a while ago. Awesome. But I am also going to be doing this, which is live trading the entirety of the Asia session and the first couple of hours for the London session. That is what I'm going to be starting. Now, for everyone that's thinking, how much may it be? It's $9.95 for the week. I'm going to be on for the whole time. Now, although a lot of you Americans are going to be like, oh, that's probably not good. There's going to be a few British people there going, oh, I don't like it. But you have to make sacrifices. I know there's guys that stay up till 1 and 2 a.m. just watching me because you can hop in the trades and actually see my analysis. Now, that's what I will be doing for the foreseeable future. So if you do want to get involved in that, or you're like, oh, yeah, I do want to do that. It's 10 bucks for the month, or for the week, I should say, then join and we can start it from there. Anyway, guys, have a great one. I'll speak to you later. Stay safe and enjoy your holidays. Bye.